AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. And I remember this one gal, when she first met me, she goes, Mandy, when I started learning your work, I stopped doing affirmations. And I was like, what? Why? And she's like, because I realized that I had so much work to do that I couldn't sit there and lie to myself and say, I'm going to do my purpose work. I'm a millionaire. I'm healthy. When my life didn't look like that and my beliefs didn't believe it. And so she's like, I stopped doing affirmations, but I started doing the work of saying, why don't I believe that that's possible? What has told me or who has told me in my life that it's not available to me? Who do I think I have to be? to get there. And is that true? Does that have to be true moving forward? What is the new truth and behaviors that I can pull into myself so that I can step into that reality or that vibration as we call it in the manifestation world? You've tried the positive affirmations. You've tried the visualization. You write your goals in your journal. And yet there is still this gap between the life that you want and the life that you're actually living. This week, our friend Mandy Morris is back. She is going to help us close the gap and she is sharing the powerful secrets to manifest the reality of your dreams. Welcome back to Life Amplified. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. One of the most popular self-help books and possibly one of the most damaging self-help books of the 2000s was The Secret, which meant well, but it was a gross representation of the law of attraction. We were pretty much all told that we deserve to have whatever we want in life just because we think about it. 
but that's not really how any of this manifestation process works. None of us get the things we want. We get what we believe we're worthy of. And that's why I always love having conversations with our friend Mandy Morris because she incorporates so many of the things that we talk about on this podcast, trauma healing, personal growth, and using that as the basis to create the life that you want and deserve. Mandy is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and manifestation expert. She's also the creator of Authentic Living, an online company designed to help individuals reconnect with their authentic selves to find purpose, peace, and deep healing. She is also the author of the brand new book, Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting, How to Create the Reality of Your Dreams, which we have a link for you to buy that here in the show notes. Some of the topics Mandy and I will discuss in this interview are trauma work and why it's an essential key to manifesting the life you want. She'll share how we can begin to detangle the beliefs that unconsciously block our blessings. She'll share why emotions are more important than positive thoughts when you want to attract the things you desire. We'll talk about how to manage your vibration when the world feels like a complete shit show. Mandy will also share the metaphysics that explain why fixing yourself is the first step to actually fixing the problems of the world. We'll talk about how to overcome personal setbacks, and Mandy is going to share a very personal story about something her family just went through, but how she was able to find the deeper meaning and the purpose in her pain. Plus, we'll talk about how to connect to your higher self so you can gain clarity on the next right steps to become the future version of you. If you love this conversation, please do me a favor. Screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram. Be sure to tag both Mandy and I. You can find her at Manifest with Mandy, and you can tag me at CSC, Dan Mason. And you can always forward this podcast to a friend who might be feeling a little stuck, who might be in a tough place in their life. It could be the first step to helping them turn things around. We're demystifying manifestation with our dear friend, Mandy Morris. Thank you for being here. Mandy Morris, welcome back to Life Amplified, my friend. Hello, Dan. Good to see you. Congratulations. You have birthed your new book, Into the World, The Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting, How to Create the Reality of Your Dreams. It is available right now. And every time we talk about manifesting on this podcast, it always ends up getting a ton of downloads. I think people are always interested in the idea of manifesting and simultaneously frustrated as hell by the thought of manifesting uh, because there's this gap for all of us, right? Like it used to be, I don't even know if people do this anymore. Like it used to be you would sit and you'd build your vision board. Like I thought about doing that back in January and then I'm like, I don't even know where to get magazines anymore. Like, yeah, and you know what people <laughs> do it they'll print it out but i'm like no 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 let's talk about something different that will work better yeah but there's this gap between even the vision board you're creating in your mind and actually living in it what was that process like for you because i know that there was a time when you were stuck in a job you hated and there were toxic relationships you know addictive patterns of different sorts what was the gap for you between your vision board and your actual life? And how did the principles of this book help you cross that bridge and get there sooner? 
if I had to like call it one thing in this moment, it was rules. It was all my rules. So I sat there every time I would write a five-year business plan. It was, I was writing it when I never had a business. When I was making vision boards, it was when I had none of the things. So yeah. I feel like all of that stuff is amazing once you've reached a certain point. But you have to break a lot of the rules on who you think you have to be to get there, what you think you have to do to get there. And then you sit in that beautiful space. But we forget there's this whole detangling process prior to get into a space of being able to manifest and have what we want. And that was me all the way. I sat there in, you know, I know I talked to you four years ago, but so much dysfunction years prior to that all of the, you know, the weirdness of my life and realizing I was trying all these techniques that people were talking about, but I wasn't actually embodying them. And there were so many missing pieces to no one's fault. But I realized this does not work for me because I have too much to unravel still. There's too much of my mind that's going off in another direction saying, no way are you ever going to have this. You're not worthy. And that was what I had to deal with. One of the things I really respect about the way you teach this content that I think is missing with some other teachers out there, and it's not to say one person's right or wrong, but it's the trauma piece, right? Uh, and the role of healing our trauma and feeling safe to even have the things that we want. Can you talk about why that is so important, just identifying? Because the rules that you talk about that get in the way of having the business or the relationship or the money are usually created because of the way we perceive or the stories that we build around old trauma, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And again, a trauma in the way that I talk about it, it could be something that was you know, identifiable as a trauma or it's an energetic stamp. And for some reason, you've carried it through life. And so all of that stuff rebuilds our brain in a new way. It rewires how we interact with our environment. And so instead of avoiding the trauma, although I don't think we have to remember the trauma, we don't have to relive it, thank goodness, we do have to deal with the beliefs and the way that it's still showing up in our world. Because if you do have a lot of that stuff, that density I call it, but you know, that trauma, you gotta do that trauma work to understand why is this still showing up in my life in these ways? How is it sabotaging me? And what am I telling myself about it? And then working through that healing process so that we can, you know, literally kind of like scar tissue, we got to break it up so that it doesn't keep causing a blockage towards what we want and what we want to create. And I think that's kind of the thing. And I know that people are definitely understanding this more so than ever. Manifestation is not about us avoiding ourselves and just magically getting what we want. It is knowing ourselves and mastering ourselves so that we can have whatever we want. Yeah, I, I heard Michael Bernard Beckwith talk about this idea that, it, and this is about, I guess it applies to all spirituality and personal growth. We're usually focused on the things we want to add to our life. You know, I want to have a million dollar business. I want to, you know, people in the great resignation. I want to uh, leave my soul sucking job and create something I love. I want to have a great marriage, a relationship, I want to have kids. But before you can add, it's almost the subtraction and pulling away all the things that get in the way. And we're talking about this conceptually. What's a practical real life example from somebody that you've worked with where these rules uh, that you talk about, the, the, the barricades that we're putting between ourselves and the life we want, how does that come up? Because um, we're never really aware of it, right? Yeah, it's hard to be aware of it, at least at first. So you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. How do we become aware of it? Because if we don't know where we're at right now, how do we know how to move towards what we're trying to get to or what we want to create? And so I call it energetic check-ins. It's actually the first secret in the book is I need to be aware of where I'm at. Otherwise, I have no idea where I'm trying to go because I don't know what the distance truly is, right? 
And so being able to become aware of that and speaking to a specific person, I remember this one gal, when she first met me, she goes, Mandy, when I started learning your work, I stopped doing affirmations. And I was like, what, why? And she's like, because I realized that I had so much work to do that I couldn't sit there and lie to myself and say, I'm gonna do my purpose work. I'm a millionaire, I'm healthy. When my life didn't look like that and my beliefs didn't believe it. And so she's like, I stopped doing affirmations, but I started doing the work of saying, why don't I believe that that's possible? What has told me or who has told me in my life that it's not available to me? Who do I think I have to be to get there. And is that true? Does that have to be true moving forward? What is the new truth and behaviors that I can pull into myself so that I can step into that reality or that vibration as we call it in the manifestation world? Vibration is one of like those great buzzwords, right? That, you know, I think a lot of people, especially if they're new on a path, they're like, great vibration. Awesome. Like what the hell does that actually mean? <laughs> if we're breaking that down, like I, I guess maybe the, the way to approach this is most people think manifestation is this mentalizing process that if I think positive thoughts, if I just imagine myself having the thing I want that I get there, but it's really like an emotional exercise, right? Yeah. Talk to us about emotions, vibration, and how we can actually raise ours to align with the things that we're trying to create. So I break this down in the book, but I'll also break it down here because I like to see things, and Dan, you know me from this, this aspect. I like the science and I like the psychology of manifestation. Yeah. I'm cool with the woo-woo and that magical, my vision board magically came true thing. That's awesome, but that happens after we've done the work. So by all means, folks who are like, well, I want manifestation to feel like magic. It will, but we got to get ourselves into alignment first. And so those, those integral pieces prior, that's what we really have to focus on is, okay, if I've got these rules, if I've got these perceptions, what does this really mean? And emotions are like the precursor to manifestation because emotions hold such an incredible vibration. So think about, and this is, there's emotional charts. I have one in the book, but you can Google them. And let's say that we're talking about shame or guilt. That's a very low vibration. It literally gives off a very low frequency. So when you are experiencing fear, shame, guilt, scarcity, or whatever it is, you are vibrating at a very low and slow rate. And if you are using those emotions to create what you want, where you're like, I want, to, I want the house on the hill so that people will finally like me, or I wish I could make money because then I wouldn't feel like such a loser to my parents or something, what a low and dense intention. But when it comes from something higher, also healed, right? Oh, I love myself, or I'm excited about this, or I can't wait to give this to the world, and it's a true, like, abundant frequency, that emotion literally moves matter faster and in more beautiful ways because it's vibrating at literally a higher rate. I think that that's such an important point because there's also, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that are just like by sheer force of will, damn it, you're going you're gonna to push through that brick wall and you're going to think positively and you'll get the thing that you want. And there's been times in my life when I've been able to create things by doing that approach. And then I wondered, well, why can't I hang on to it? Why did it go away? Like we know the statistics, right? Most people who win the lottery don't hang on to the money. And that's the vibration piece, right? That if you can get the thing, but if you still feel guilty or shameful about having money because you didn't grow up with any, it's, it's going to slip through your fingers. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, 100%. And that's why I'm like, you got to do the work prior. Like manifestation is beautiful, like I said, at some point. But if we don't do this work prior, which is really us elevating our vibration over time, we're also learning how to maintain that frequency. 
So just like if I were to give you, you know, a billion gajillion dollars, most people would be like, I don't know what to do with this. Or just even a simpler example, if you really want love and you have this incredible partner in your life, but you haven't healed through the perceptions of love or abusive relationships in the past, then you're going to see this awesome person, but you're probably going to say, I'm not worthy of them. Or you'll somehow run away from it or sabotage it because you don't know how to house the energy where that reality exists. So part of it is the process and getting there to be able to not just have it, but maintain it. And this idea of maintaining a high vibration, um, I don't know if it's easy anytime, but if you look at the past couple of years, we got pandemics, we got Putin, we got politics. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot happening within us just in the day-to-day -day of life, but there's a lot going on around us. What are the practices that people can use to stay centered, to stay, to stay grounded when the world also simultaneously feels like a shit show? Amen to that, right? I think this has been one of the hardest but most beautiful understandings that I have had of this human existence is, so first, let, let me backtrack, I suppose. So I have a consciousness, right? And you and I have a collective consciousness. And um, the state of Colorado in which I live, or the state of California where you are, that also has a collective consciousness. The United States, and eventually we move to the planet. We have a dominant consciousness and therefore a dominant frequency, which unfortunately, most often is dominantly low. And so we get back what we are giving. And so sometimes when people are like, we've got to fix the world, I'm like, we have to, no freaking joke, man. We have to fix ourselves. And I think that that power that we have and how our consciousness literally creates our reality, even though we don't understand how it's happening, that doesn't mean that that communication system or that transference isn't happening just because we can't see it or understand how to route back to it. But whatever is going on and between enough of us, I should say on a planetary level is impacting the world. So if we can at least perceive that and we can say, okay, that could be true, Mandy. Then we go, then I can make a change by focusing and processing what's inside of me. And I will watch the environment more beautifully impact itself. And given that I do work with world leaders and all kinds of different folks who can make a positive influence, if I hadn't done the work on myself, I wouldn't have impacted the millions of people I've been able to or the people who have the ability to impact those millions of people. So it really does, as frustrating as it can be sometimes, many of us, our sole purpose and regardless of whatever walk of life, if we are vibrating at a higher rate, as woo-woo as it sounds, the world benefits. And you could take that from it creates more mental clarity. We're not erupting in anger so much. We're able to express love. So people who would normally do dangerous things feel loved, and then they don't do dangerous things. But if you look at the ripple effect that can go outwardly from all of us when we're in a high vibrational or a positive mental state, the world changes. It really does. It's such a powerful, and I appreciate you saying that, right? Because it's so, so many people watch the news or they'll read the headlines and they feel powerless. Yeah. You know, who am I? Like, what can I possibly do to help the Ukraine? Or what can I do to help the environment? And you don't necessarily need to know how to fix that. You living in your purpose, you creating whatever you're here to create, write the book, start the business, you know, have the family, your, your joy begets more joy yes. you know, in your community and then into your city, your, your state, ultimately the world, right? Yeah, and if I look at that even in, in my own life, 
and I, I love my mom very much, but there was a time mm. where she would watch the news every day and she would call me with just this ball of anxiety. And I was like, mom, you are not being a part of the change to rectify what is going on. You are literally adding your consciousness to it. So it continues. And if I look at, if I had stayed in that space where I was always running in cycles of pain and fear and anxiety and all that stuff, and I further created it. Once I stopped acting like a victim and was willing to assume responsibility for it, I could change it. And now I'm like, well, gosh, I wouldn't have been able to touch all of these people. I wouldn't have been able to help so many people from suicide or be working with first responders now or all this really cool stuff if I had gotten lost in it. So as always, it starts and ends with us, but it's like the chicken or the egg, which one comes first? I love that. You talk a lot uh, in your work and in this book in particular on the idea of counter manifesting. Talk a little bit about what that process is, what it means, and how the hell do we get out of it? Because I think there's a lot of people who, you know, they've been trying to manifest the same thing for years. And the more, the harder they try, it's almost like the further it moves away. Yeah. Well, it's similar to what you were saying where you're like, okay, willpower works sometimes or it works for short bits, right? But then we end up with burnout or like the trauma recovery, which takes forever, which is why it doesn't work because we have to recover from the amount of you know exertion that we overdid. But I know that you can play the human game. That's what I call it. And that's where we grind it out. We grunt. We live by all the human rules. Sometimes we make it. Most of the time we don't. And it takes a really long time. But there's also the energy game. That's the manifestation game that is healing all that is within us. And a part of that is addressing counter manifestation. And so I realized this was happening because I knew everyone's manifesting all the time. When I used to study like physics and quantum and meta and psychology and my background and all that jazz, I noticed, especially when I was working on psychosomatic illnesses clinically, I was like, you know what? Our thoughts are literally moving matter and they are literally creating things. So all of the magic is in our thoughts. But our thoughts can go in two separate directions. So someone can say, I'm doing my vision board for an hour a day, or here's my mantras and my affirmations. And those things are wonderful. They absolutely are. If you don't have blockages that need to be addressed in relation to what's on the vision board or what you're telling yourself when you say those affirmations, but most of us do. And so I imagine that one hour a day, that energy is going off into the universe. But let's say that those other 23 hours of the day, your subconscious mind is saying, you can't have it. You're unworthy. Here's why it won't work out. You know, even if you get it, you could lose it. And that oppositional energy is going out into the universe, we can call it. And it's countering the conscious manifestation we have. Because again, we are manifesting all the time. The subconscious is just running usually around 80% of the gamut. So of course we're not getting what we want or we get it and then it's gone. You used a phrase that I've used a lot on this podcast before when we've talked about this and that I know other teachers have used that we're, that manifesting isn't just the thing that happens when we get the cool shit we want, yep. that it's happening at all times. And that can also be a trigger for people because there are people like, Hey, I didn't, how did I manifest losing a loved one to COVID? How did I manifest losing the job? There are real setbacks that we face. I know, you know, you've been sharing online uh, some personal challenges that your family went through. Yeah. How do you make sense of those, those really devastating moments that are part of the human experience? Is it okay and not, you, not use it to fall back into an old story. Right, to play victim or be like, oh my gosh, this doesn't work or I can never have a beautiful life. Well, can I share the one that I think you're talking about? 
Yes. Perfect. If, 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 to whatever degree you're comfortable. Totally. You know I'm an open book. So I think this, uh, this was probably about two, a little over two months ago now. Um, so we were pregnant with a girl. We had named her and everything, Eliana. We, it was going to be our first girl. Our sons were so excited. And the manifestation was to have her. So I was actually sitting in November um, when I had originally gotten pregnant. And I had said, me and my husband, I said, I want to get pregnant. I'm ready for another child. And um, I'd like for it to be a girl. And I always cloak it with, if it's in the highest good of all, then may it be. Mm -hmm. We immediately got pregnant, of course, because that's just how manifestations work in that space. And um, throughout the pregnancy, though, uh, we realized that I had lost, you know, I'd miscarried and I'd lost the baby. And um, I remember sitting there going through many, and it was so cool because I cannot wait to help women with this and, and fathers, you know, because they, we grieve sure. so much with, you know, the loss of a child. And um, I sat there and I was like, okay, I know that there's something beautiful here. I do, I'm not just going to give all my faith away right now just because something that I don't like showed up. I just can't see why it served me. And so I pondered and pondered on it and realized that this incredible frequency that my daughter was bringing to our family, um, and I could feel it when I was pregnant, I was like, this is a whole other level of abundance. This is, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful and it's so amazing. And when I lost her for a moment, I thought I must have lost the frequency of it. She's not coming in physical mm. form. So all my human rules and perceptions came in. Thankfully, using my tools, started working through that, trying to figure out, okay, there's got to be another meaning here. And it all fully came together when I was talking to one of my friends. And she said, Mandy, I know I can tell you this because you'll receive it. But she said, in a very very, very high vibration. This was the most beautiful orchestration of unconditional love that there could ever be. And it was exactly what needed to happen. And I sat there and I was like, I completely understand that Eliana was on this beautiful, high, different frequency. And she had to be like, hey, mom, just as a reminder, this is where we vibe together. I wanted to come down and remind you of this frequency. You didn't lose it. It's with you now. And I'll see you when you get there. And it was so profound that it wasn't me trying to like hold my grief back or, you know, pretend and call it something different. Sure. It was profoundly true and, and in resonance. And my life, even just in the past couple months, what has happened in the incredible people and experiences and frequencies and abundances that have just been showing up perceivably, she gave me that frequency because I chose to see it as for what it was, which was exactly as it needed to be. So I think sometimes with these types of traumas, we're like, how could I have manifested this horrible experience? I'm like, it's not horrible on some reality. And some reality was exactly what it was supposed to be. And the pain of it doesn't even exist in that reality. But it's your choice to dissect it and understand why it was the most incredible blessing of your life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it just comes down to that idea of like interpretation and we don't always have control over the external circumstances of our life, but being able to have that agency and that choice to choose what you're making it mean, yeah. um, incredible. And I really appreciate you sharing that. That's, yeah, thank you. Um, let's get into this idea of, of control. <laughs> A lot of high performers I might be one of them, you know, like I think when I was spending my time in corporate, I was always, oh, you know, I'm, I'm climbing the ladder. I got to be the best at this job. And, you know, I got to be the best at making money and the best at like buying the nice house and the nice car and I'll be the best, the best, the best. And I was. And then I realized like none of those things ultimately made me happy getting back to 
that intention that you had. Why do you want the goals? If you're doing it to try to prove yourself or be enough, like that's a really dense energy to, to create from. So then I was like, I'm going to go on a personal growth path. And by God, I'm going to be the best at personal growth. And I'm just going to manifest these things perfectly. And I'm going to do it like right on my timeline. How do we? <laughs> and, I, and I come across a lot of clients probably because I'm, I can be wired that way. I've, I've come a long way since then. I come across a lot of clients who do the same thing. I'm going to manifest this thing. I'm going to do it by February 12th of 2023 and and then it almost creates more pressure right like it creates this energy of anxiousness and desperation how do we let go of the control and the desire to just micromanage all parts of the manifestation Mm. Uh, so speaking from a recovered control freak, I completely understand. <laughs> I, I searched for it because it was the way to protect myself. And so mm. for me to be able to be in control of all things was just, you know, such an incredible gift. So I thought, so I call it set it and forget it manifesting. It's something I realized I was doing, but didn't consciously know once I, until I reverse engineered that I was doing it. So I noticed that whenever I would write something down in a really high state, you know, that feeling, even though sometimes it's fleeting where you're like, this is possible. I could have that. I could become that. And you're in that energy, you're in that vibration, mental state in that moment. Those are like the golden moments. So I'm always like stomp or stomp, stamp those in, put those into your journal, make a video, whatever you have to do, but like harness that energy, get familiar with it because that's where it already exists. So we need to start bringing that in more often, right? And so usually I like the forget it part, right? We set it. So we stamp it in, we say, this is what I want, this is what I'm creating. If you want to add it in the highest good of all, cool. That's just my personal thing. And then you forget it. You detach from it. You completely release it. And you allow for the universe to give you the breadcrumbs that bring you there. Because, as you said, as soon as you set something, especially if you put like too many constraints to it. So I always say, if you're going to write a manifestation down, only be as specific as it feels like. The moment that you start throwing too many timelines or specificity, mm. even though I know a lot of people say, make get it specific only if that feels good. If it doesn't, you're shifting your vibration into a lower state and it's going to mess things up. So only write what feels and stays in that really high vibration where you feel it's possible and let the chips fall as they may. But then you kind of forget it. You say, okay, if it's in the highest good of all, it will come. It will happen in perfect divine timing. My literally my book deal, I had written back in 2016, if it's in the highest good of all, I would love to write a book with Hay House someday. I wasn't known. I had just started. I, there was no idea of how I would do that. I had just wrote in my first book, but it was self-published. And years later, all of a sudden, someone's calling me saying, can you write a book? And it just plopped on my lap. And so I allowed for myself to only set the parameters that felt good and then release the rest. But that allows for it to come through at the same frequency you stamped it in instead of that panic that starts to happen of, oh man, I said it was gonna happen in February. Well, it's already January 15th, so maybe it's not gonna happen then, blah, blah, blah. And then you're just countering the whole vibration in which you stamped it in on. So that's why I'm like, sometimes just literally surrender, let it go and watch the magic happen because as it starts to happen, you'll start leaning on that technique more often and knowing it will perfectly come through perfectly as it should be, but you'll know your process to getting there and instead of the sabotage that happens when you're like, I need to start controlling it. It's not showing up the way that my human mind wants, but that's because the universe has a whole other plan of how it's supposed to show up. 
As you were just explaining that, that actually made me think of an experience, you know, back when I was still working in corporate. So I was programming really successful radio brands and I got hired in Northern California many years ago. The station was like last place in the ratings. It was a disaster. Uh, and most people like, don't take the job. You can't win there. And I remember getting there and just, I, I think at that point, it's like 2006, right? The secret had just become a thing. I was like, well, you know, what would be the rating share I'd like to get if this thing were really doing well and if we turned this radio station around and the ratings were awesome? And I jotted it down on a post-it note. And then, you know, it was top of mind because I had read The Secret and then, like, you know, a lot of things, like, self-help-wise, you're like, oh, wait, what was that shit I read, like, a month ago? Like, I forgot about it. But the post-it note stayed on the computer, like, on the wall behind my computer in my office. And, like... It had fallen down, like, I don't know, like six months had gone by, and then the ratings came out, and we took the thing from, like, worst to first in the market, but it was the exact share number that I had written down, and I just put it down on a piece of paper and forgot about it, but I think that, that that's, like, that's what we would call detachment, totally. surrender, all those things, right? Yeah, you, and the cool thing is you bring up such a good point to set it and forget it. It's not like you're like, okay, I said it, I'm waiting, drop on my lap, it is, now I'm going to work. I set the intention, I built the container, now I go to work and I push towards or I move towards or I follow what I know that needs to happen in order for me to get into that vibration and boom, there it is. And it's so funny because I think about some of the things that have been slower to manifest in my life and it's like, but I am writing down this goal every day 10 times mm -hmm. and I have a date set on it. I am following the rules, like somehow I'm trying to like curry favor from the universe for like being a really good student. I'm like, oh my God, that's like my parent trauma like coming through in the in the manifestation so i i love that idea though that we can allow it to be easy yes it really can talk then about so we're sort of talking about having these intentions and creating your state of being right at a vibrational level talk about like the level of taking action and doing because it's also not like you know you want to build a, a seven-figure business and leave corporate you can't just write it down and like, you know, sit and watch Ellen and eat some donuts. Like right. there's got to be some action involved also. What is that line between the being and the doing? Because I think a lot of times we can go so far into the, I got to hustle, I got to grind. I'm going to do, do, do that. It actually brings the vibration down. So I call it like the masculine and feminine energies. It has nothing to do mm. with gender. But our masculine energy, sometimes we perceive. So I actually have four quadrants to it. It's not just masculine, feminine. It is lower level feminine, lower level masculine, and higher level feminine and higher level masculine. And I think that a lot of us, especially wearing that like grind, 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 you're not good enough unless you do it raw, raw willpower. That's like the lower level masculine. And then the part of us that just sits and watches Ellen and eats chips all day is the lower level feminine, perceivably lazy and not taking any action. But I don't think that a lot of people have really understood the importance of this when it comes to a lifelong success, a lifelong abundance cycle. And that is yeah. elevating to get to these spaces so that burnout really doesn't exist and you don't ever feel weak or lazy. You know when you need to rest. And so that higher level feminine is kind of like that creative, pull the information down, get the ideas be in flow, do the self-care before you get burnt out. And that higher level masculine is 
get it through in the 3D. So some days I'm like, okay, I'm pulling down this program, I'm taking a salt bath and I'm taking care of me, I'm loving on my kids. And the next day I'm like, I pulled all that information down, it's time to make that program, get the marketing together, do the sales. So my feminine and my masculine energies blend and support one another so that I can kind of toddle between the two and create a lifestyle around it. But the action piece, absolutely. But it shouldn't feel heavy, it should be, okay, how am I going to drive force what I desire? but I also know when to stop. I also know when to rest. I also know when I need to reconnect to myself or to my purpose or my why or whatever it is, keep myself in that high state. But I feel like one part of us kind of sits in the 5D and that's the idea and the incredible energy we want, what we want to manifest. And then we have the 3D, we're humans for a reason. There is a doingness that is absolutely needed. It just should be more divinely guided or intuitively felt versus let me play the human game and follow all the rules and why isn't it working? Well, because the rules aren't even right. <laughs> I think that's why so many people over the course of like this great resignation movement have just given up on corporate because so much of corporate America is built on that lower level masculine, go, 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 grind, hustle, achieve. It's the hustle porn culture. And there's, no, there's none of that feminine energy need for rest and recuperation, or in some cases, even connection, social responsibility, things like that. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at it collectively, at least in Western culture, we are all experiencing, not all, I guess. I, I learned this before everyone else, but I went through it, trust me. But it was a total burnout. And so all yeah. of a sudden, I'm like, everything I used to do wasn't working. I can't get to the gym. I can't even get myself to work. What's wrong with me? And it was like, no, I'm spending all of my energy healing all of that stuff that wasn't even working anyway or that doesn't need to work or come with me where I'm going. But there's this rest period. So I kind of see collectively everyone's like, no, we need to rest. We need to recuperate. We've gone through a huge trauma. We're not willing to do this anymore. It's too low vibrational for us. One of the other things that I heard you talk about on Facebook recently, and again, for the control freaks, probably harder, right? Leaving room for the higher power. Yep. Leaving room for that, leaving room for things to happen, maybe in a different way than you imagined. Yeah. Mandy, why can't we just be CEO of the universe? Come on. We can Don't be kill my vibe. On our own universe, right? <laughs> Actually, this was one of the, the coolest things someone told me once. I wish I remembered his name, but he said something along the lines of, you don't have to be in control and you never can be. You cannot micromanage every part of your life unless you play really freaking small. And it still doesn't even work but you can be in charge of your life. And I thought about the feeling and the difference between control and charge. And I was like, yeah, I wanna be in charge. I'm okay with the little pieces, the sand falling through as it needs to and settling to build a foundation here. But I am so tired of micromanaging my life. I'm gonna to choose to be in charge. And man, that, that changed so much for me because I was like, it has to look like this. What about this? What's this person doing? And then I was miserable all over again. But man, when we think about, okay, if I can focus on my energy, how I show up, the things that I can control, then in fact, all things do happen that way. And as you were saying, I call it the highest good of all. It is leaving room for you to be in charge of yourself, but allowing for yourself to not be separate from all of humanity or separate from all of existence because that creates such slow manifestations because we are all interconnected. Like it or not, we're in a frequency suit. We're all communicating to each other all the time. And the greatest pain I see people go through is they perceive that they're separate from it or that they need to control mm -hmm. it. 
or they're not a part of an integral you know, process. But I'm like, when you are willing to give yourself to that surrender and say, I would like this thing in the highest good of all, you're allowing for you to receive the greatest level of abundance that's available. And you're also, I call it being courteous, to all of existence. It's not the greatest good of Mandy. It's the greatest good of all, the highest good of all. And gosh, there's just something about that frequency that changes manifestations into something so beautiful. But it also kind of sneak attacks the need for control because it creates surrender. Also, when we talk about like being connected, you know, on a frequency level to everybody else and, you know, us all being interconnected, one of the other things, and, you know, we, maybe we can finish up with this today, is also this idea of connecting to a future you. That's <laughs> maybe in, you know, it, for the woo-woo and the crunchy folks, and by the way, I'm woo compliant. I've got my crystals back here. I'm, I am woo compliant. Um, <laughs> That might be, you know, like thinking about like a, an alternate dimension where this new new version of you already exists. Yeah. But for other people, they can, you know, they can just call that their higher intelligence or maybe like a part of their mind they haven't accessed. Totally. How do we tap into that? Like it, that in order to get to a new place in life, we have to become mm -hmm. somebody new on some level. How do we access that wisdom, that future part of ourselves, and how do we act on it? So I noticed that a lot of actually, a lot of um, geniuses do this, or they have done this, the ones that have passed. So they all called it something a little bit different, which is why I'm like, don't get lost in the words. Call it woo-woo, call it science, whatever you want to, you know, whatever floats your boat. But Edison, Einstein, Socrates, Aristotle, they all talk about basically they called it the collective mind. Most of them did. Or they would say, how did you find that, that mathematical equation? They're like, it didn't come from me. It came from something outside of me. And then it was delivered to me. Talk about channeling, right? And so I started thinking about that because I can, you know, I, I do channel information. It's how I built most of my programs. So I wrote some of the book and I was like, I bet that there is, this was years ago, but I was like, I bet there's a version of me that has the answers in which I seek and could maybe give me a little bit of a, you know, a leg up here because I know that there's a version of me that I haven't met yet. So I'm going to have to access a part of me that I haven't accessed yet. I'll become more of what I am. I may not have to completely jump into something different, but how do I grow and evolve into that? So I called it embodying your future self. And I actually go through this whole meditation in the book about it because it's the eighth secret. And I'm like, okay, let's get ourselves into a meditative state. Now I can kind of just three deep breaths and I'm there. But first it's a meditative state. And then you're going to this place. I kind of build this um, visual. And then you go to this place where you can access a version of you that you haven't really met yet. And it could be something as simple as the version of me that has this problem solved with my child. Or um, I tap into billionaire Mandy sometimes and ask her questions, especially with business or the version of me that's already met my soulmate. And then you ask questions, what does it look like? And you can get really specific or really not, doesn't matter, whatever feels right. But I'll be like, what's life like? How do you perceive or like view these things? And then I'll compare those views, those beliefs, those realities to where I'm at now. And then ask myself, how can I embed some of those things into my now? So mm -hmm. even if you're like, I don't know why I kept seeing, some people are super visual, I kept seeing that I was wearing red a lot then wear red a lot, like just go with it. Cause your brain will get on board with it and it will actually pull that more divine or clearer or less programmed response that you gave yourself in some way, shape or form. And it'll pull that vibration or that reality into where you're at now so that you can further embody it. And then it shifts you into the new. Mm, I love that. So we'll wrap up on this. What is the one thing that you know today about this idea of being in charge of your life? 
of create, or as you would say here in the book, creating the reality of your dreams. What is the one thing you absolutely know to be sure today that you didn't know then that could have maybe gotten you there sooner, that could have saved you some time, some suffering, some frustration, some banging your head against the wall? The thing that keeps coming to me, as cliche as it sounds, is that anything is possible. Mm. Because I lived in such small constraints my whole life and in, in these silly boxes. And something that simplistic, just that reminder, literally, even if we don't get to it in this lifetime, our human capacity, what our consciousness can do, anything is possible. And just remembering that more often. Love that. The book is Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting, How to Create the Reality of Your Dreams. It's available through Hay House Publishing. Where can people go to buy it? So I have a website where they'll get some extra bonuses. So I think that's probably the best place. And it is the8secrets.com and eight is the number. Okay. And where can people find you on the socials, Mandy? MandyMorris.love or just Google me, Mandy Morris, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and, and I'll pop up. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. My vibration is so much higher just being in your energy. <laughs> Best of luck with the book. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> the biggest takeaway for me in that interview is that the biggest block between you and the goals that you have in your life isn't about your ability, your worthiness, your giftedness. It's just an internal emotional block. And as you start to detangle the beliefs and the rules that you have built in your life about what's possible for you, you greatly speed up the manifestation process. So if you want to do some more work around this topic, you can pick up Mandy's book, Eight Secrets to Powerful Manifesting. We have the link for you in the show notes. Or perhaps you'd like to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching to help you uncover those blind spots that are keeping you stuck. That's what my coaching programs are all about. Go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. Fill out a coaching application. Schedule a complimentary discovery call. It would be an honor and a privilege to serve you in 2022. If you love the podcast this week, please screenshot it, upload it to Instagram, and be sure to tag us. You can find Mandy at Manifest with Mandy. And you can tag me at CSC, Dan Mason. Don't forget to give us a follow here on whatever app you're listening to. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity and turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.